Real estate finance just made sense. Once you learn the formulas, once you learn what you're looking for, if I can learn those numbers, any player can learn those numbers. And it's, it's intimidating, but there is, the internet is the greatest resource. And once you figure out the math is not that complex. Hey, welcome everybody to Pucks to Properties. I got Bob Lachance here with Tom Mealy. We have our guest, Eric Nystrom. All of us have a, a ton in common. We're trying to figure out what the hell we're going to do when <laughs> the season and our careers were done. So, hence, Pucks to Properties. Eric, thanks for coming. Tom, how you doing? I'm good. We got technical difficulties figured out. So, we're about 15 fantastic. minutes late, but we're, we're good. So, All right. Fantastic. Fantastic. So, just a uh, this uh, podcast brought to you by Riva Global, which is a virtual assistant company, which I own as well. It's a premier virtual assistant company uh, in the country. So if anyone's interested in virtual assistants, uh, let my company know and we'll get rocking and rolling. It's also brought to you by Perch Rock Management, who is a real estate investment arm. Uh, so anyway, let's get rocking and rolling. And um, Tom, first, why do we do this podcast before we get started? Why do we do this podcast? We do this podcast because we don't want to scout, we don't want to coach, and we want to still give back to the game and figure out what guys want to do for uh, for life after hockey. So we created a platform to kind of utilize all those different uh, arms, like you said, and uh, network, and we like guys like Eric, other guests we've had on the show, different markets around the country. We play in a lot of different markets, so if you if you always know somebody in uh, in an area where you're doing business, it's always good to help each other out. Yeah, and I'll add to that too. I mean, all three of us have had uh, challenges figuring out what we're going to do after getting out of the locker room. Uh, you know, everyone who's listening to this knows that you don't learn much in the locker room. I mean, you learn culture, you learn strategy, you learn teamwork, you learn all of those necessities that you need to 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 go to the next whatever career it is. But you don't really learn um, anything about. And only this is coming from me. I never learned anything about. Uh, careers or finances or business or anything like that. I knew how the hockey world worked, and that is a business. Don't they don't ever get us wrong. Hockey is a business. You're always fighting for the next contract. So, um, anyway, Eric, nice to meet you. I know Tom. You and I knew, or you and uh, Eric know, knew each other for a long time. So tell us how you guys uh, met. So uh, we don't know each other that long. We met well. I, I look at it this way. I met Eric. Eric doesn't remember me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> good buddies. Good buddies. Well, no, think about it. Like, think about back in the day. You're always like those college junior kids that always had, uh, you know, you go to those skates in the summer and there's NHL guys there. And it's like, holy shit, what, I don't want to fuck this drill up. And it's like, yeah. so, uh, Eric, I don't know if you remember that. The, uh, the lunch hockey skates with uh, with Alexei back in the day with Higgins and Commissarek and yourself and Gilroy, all those guys. And, um, yeah, th th those are the best days. I, I always think about oh, those man. times and all those guys <laughs> and just the, the fun that we had. The hockey part was, you know, that was that was one aspect of it. But like the, the bond that everybody had and especially that little Long Island connection. Yeah, yeah. we had just such a great crew and yep. everybody loved working so hard. That, that was that was 
definitely the best time. So much fun. I miss those days. You had the uh, you had the Apple Corps guys, you had the Gulls guys, you had the uh, St. Anthony's, St. Mary's, all the mm-hmm. same idiots on the ice together, yep. just, you know, Vessi and, and all those guys that yep. were, you know, good old Henry Lazar and oh, that whole God. crew back in the day. What, it was a, a, what a guy. It was, <laughs> it was a mess, but, uh, you know, it was, it was something that, you know, brought us all together in an area, obviously, Alexei and obviously... Uh, you know, putting that whole thing together and mm-hmm, absolutely, um, it was a, it was a good time. Yeah. Well, so, thanks Eric, for having you, me guys. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. Absolutely. So, um, you know, looking through your resume, obviously I don't know you, but you and I have a lot in common. We, I mean, your dad played in the NHL with the Islanders for a while. My brother did, uh, for a long time. So you and I have a lot in common. You went to college, I went to college, you were uh, university of Michigan, four years. We both mm-hmm. lasted four years. You got your degree and, yep. uh, I think you got a master's as well. Is that right? Yes. Yep. Fantastic. Just a couple Fantastic. years ago, got the master's. Good for you. Congratulations. Um, after that, you played, what, you played Calgary for a long time. You got, uh, you jumped down to the AHL for a bit. You jumped back up to the Stars and Predators. Then uh, the last time you played, was that with Milwaukee? Is that right? Yeah, I played uh, just a couple games on a conditioning stint there. And then I finished up in, in Nashville. I missed uh, my last season. My last two seasons had some pretty bad injuries. So, um, you know, when I came back from that, I just had a quick conditioning stint with Milwaukee. And then back up to Nashville, no and big deal. you know it, it was just uh, well, yeah. But you know the writing kind of was on the wall. Those two seasons, I just I missed so much time. Uh, I had a terrible high ankle sprain at the end of one season, and ended up missing the end of the regular season, all the playoffs. And then the next year, Weber hit me with a one T right on top of the foot, and that put me out. And he's, he's uh, got kind of a hard shot. So. Oh, just a, a full clap bomb, skating full speed into it, leaning a huge horse head, just <laughs> chugging down the ice, full speed. <laughs> and he just leaned into it, hit me right on top of the laces. So uh, after the after he hit me with that puck, where the period ended, I didn't want to take the skate off. And I just I came up and said, Web, did you get all that one? He's like, I got all that one. <laughs> so I, I finished the game. And after they, they took the x-rays and the foot was broken and I missed a ton of time and I got healthy towards the end of the season again. But by that point, younger guys had already passed me and, uh, and were getting the playing time. I played one game in the playoffs and was getting healthy scratch. And I just knew the writing was on the wall. So I actually, I, I enrolled in school through um, my agent, Rich Winter. He, he started this Business of Hockey Institute MBA program through a Canadian online university. And I was actually doing orientation while I was on the plane in the playoffs, trying to get a head start. Good. And then it was from there that I kind of, I, I completed a, a diploma, not not the full MBA program, because I got I got plucked from there by uh, a contact at the University of Michigan who was like, you know what, we we think that you should come and do the sport management program. And it was a great stepping stone to get back in school is online learning, but getting back at, to Michigan and and into the classroom there was was uh, a, a huge um, transition for me, and it was great to get back and, and start learning again. So let's take a step back because a lot of you know whether you go from junior or college. I know college were a little different, right? Let's start with the mindset first. What was your mindset when you went? Because you were a first round draft pick, is that right? Mm-hmm. Number ten? Is that correct? Yep. Yeah. So, so yeah, what's the mindset going from college? Obviously, very successful in college. Did you guys win a national championship? No, nah, a couple frozen fours. Never, never won the whole thing. Minnesota, two years in a row, knocked us out, and they yeah. ended up winning it. 
Dude, my, my last year, we got our ass kicked by uh, Michigan 4 nothing. That's when Turco was there. Yeah, and yeah. Morrison. They, they Those, had a bad, they squad. were studs, dude. They yep. were freaking. And we were uh, good. The year before, we beat everyone by four goals. So we were we were just on our way out. You know, Jury was there. You have Greer, yep. et cetera, Pandolfo, everyone signed. Got it. Pretty interesting. So uh, so your mindset there, are you ever thinking about life after sports, or do you think the NHL lasts forever? Well, I, I was lucky because I, I had a dad who played in the league. Yep. So obviously, I had – his guidance and coming up from long island you know major junior wasn't even a thought like it was just college the whole way so that i didn't that wasn't even crossing my mind college he was pushing me towards college and you know he had a great hockey career yeah but he made his financial success because they didn't get paid that well back then in the business world on long island obviously very well known so I knew that how hard he worked, you, you, you just can't just put the brakes on after hockey, especially playing in that era and just mm -hmm. coast. Obviously, we earned a lot more. Uh, I earned a lot more than he did in his career because the, yeah. the salaries are so much higher. But, you know, I, I just I knew college was a route, went to that U.S. national program, got recruited to Michigan from there. My senior year was a lockout. So there really was no opportunity to even leave school early. So it played out perfectly, went all four years yeah. and uh, couldn't have been happier about doing that, getting the degree. Yeah, yeah I just want to, one takeaway there, I think it's really important for everybody. So um, getting a mentor, you were lucky you had rich winters, obviously, but taking a step back, anyone early in their career, make sure you guys get a mentor and, and more on the business mentor or whatever you have to, everyone I think, and, and I want to ask you this question, do you believe that everyone should start thinking about, you know, what's going to happen after? I know we're so focused, right? Every single, you're, you're focused to get the longer term contract or the next contract because, mm -hmm. you know, we're always, we have our blind, blinders on because we have to. I mean, dude, we got oh. a gun against our head every day. Yep. So what's your thought there? If, if I knew what I knew now. Thank you. I say that every I day. Playing, <laughs> and I'll tell you, when it comes to mathematics, I am atrocious, <laughs> atrocious, but real estate finance just made sense. Once you learn the formulas, once you learn what you're looking for, if I can learn those numbers, any player can learn those numbers and it's, it's intimidating, but there, uh, the internet is the greatest resource. Right. And once you figure out that math is not that complex, then you can take it as far as you want. But had somebody taught me uh, I, when I was fin when I finished playing, I did some fundraising for this private equity fund in the single family space, and I went into pitches with the with the founder with the founders. Got to sit in, super like like a, like a real estate rain man. I was basically falling around, yep. and I did it for I don't know maybe six months to get the fund some seed money for the fund. And if I had gotten that education at the beginning of my career, I would have amassed a portfolio when I was earning all as much as I was. I would have been picking off places mm -hmm. in every city that I was playing in, holding the places that I lived in. I never spent above my means. You, you find something that's affordable. You rent that after. And I, I could I, now I'm behind the eight box. I started late. And now it's a little harder to get the lending because you don't have that, 
that income coming in mm -hmm. where a bank's going to be like no brainer. So we're just talking, we're just talking about this. It's like exactly. <laughs> guys, guys like the three, like guys like you guys are struggling to get loans. Yeah. Well, it's I, you know, I have to, I just have to show every single asset and do yep, it in yep. that regard. And then the other, like, you know, I made some mistakes. Like I, I, I got the low interest rate on a couple rentals because I, I put it on my personal credit and had a second home. And then I went to buy my own home after I was done playing. I couldn't get a mortgage because I had, you know, close to 900 grand in real estate debt on my personal credit. So I had to refi out of those into the LLCs and clear my credit in order to, and you know, the whole process to, which is how you should do it correctly to begin with. But had I learned what I knew now, the cash flow that I, that I, I'm trying to achieve now could have been set. And once you're done playing, that ball's already already rolling. So let, let's break that down a little bit. But let's start let's start first with the end, and then we'll 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 go back because I think this is really really important. You you said a couple of things that are incredibly important. One is connections, obviously, right? Mm -hmm. But let's start. What do you have right now in your portfolio? Like, tell us a little bit about. I know you. I want to back into how you got started because that was really important. And then we yeah. kind of stop. But let's start with the back first. What does your portfolio look like? And then we'll get into how really you started getting into real estate. Sure. Yeah. Like uh, early on through my dad and, and talking about connections, you know, he has an accountant that has these syndicated uh, deals, these strip malls and secondary tertiary markets. Um, you know, they're, they're just a stop, a solid yield, like eight to 10% yield all day long, Great. monthly yeah. checks. So I started investing in those early on and getting yeah. those checks consistently, which I'm still getting. One, they, they did a refi of the portfolio, so I got a huge- Let, let, let me let me pause you for a second on sure. this, because this is important, because I know my brother started doing that and got mm -hmm. in with the wrong people, right? Mm -hmm. So I just, wanna, I, I just wanna caution everybody too. What would you tell somebody, how would they do their due diligence? Because if you have X amount of money, everyone's always trying to take your money. Oh, yeah, I can use it for this, I can use it. I remember my brother got into this painting, like buying paintings and, buying for less and selling it for more, same thing. But mm -hmm. within real estate, we all know real estate here, right? And, yeah. and there's a lot of sharks out there. So what kind of advice would you give somebody? Because you know, nowadays everyone has a syndication. Hey, Eric, I'll take your money. Tom, right. you got extra money, I'll take it. Exactly. What kind of advice would you give somebody? Understanding uh, what, what you're reading. Say you get some literature on a certain investment. Becoming educated on the numbers, reading verifying of course track record all these things are, are important and this th my dad had been invested in this Perfect. you know in these in these strip malls for such a long time his long time account not to say that you know that that can't go south yep. or be a, a total scam but you know it was uh, a, a lot of trust was built the returns were there you had tangible assets that were verifiable so that's a huge, you know, that's why I, I would invest in that. I'm very skeptical of people coming to me with, with and I have been burned before. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. So we all, I think, I think we all have. You learn the Dude, I, lo I lost 150 grand on a knockdown rebuild in Greenwich, Connecticut, down the street of Regis Philbin. Guess what not to do? I will tell you what not to do. So that's yeah, exactly. your point is verify. Make yeah. sure you actually get your eyes on that asset. And educate Reg yourself Regis that so you Philbin. know it. Yeah, Regis Philbin. <laughs> and you know, I, I, other things too, like the get rich quick schemes, they don't exist. Anything, yeah. I, I say this all the time, anything that I've worked for, like my own, those, as, as I started investing more, you know, we picked up our own properties 
and we put the blood, sweat, and tears into those, and we've gotten rewarded. Hockey, the commitment, the effort got rewarded based on that. You know, anything that I've tried to, that somebody's promised me something that seems too good to be true, got, have gotten burned. So you got you to gotta be aware. So with that, what do you, so what do you have now? So let's keep So yeah, I have those, uh, the fund I was talking about, it's in the single family space. We, the, the fund owns, uh, 600 homes. Now we nice. bought, bought the homes prior to the COVID surge. So, and we we're buying them undervalued to begin with through nice. the founders network. So we got this huge appreciation plus now rents are going up because the home buyers are getting squeezed out. So we, it's really performed well. So I'm in that fund, um, had a couple other investment opportunities with some uh, really smart real estate people, high net worth through my dad's connection, which I'm so lucky to have. And those have delivered great yields. And then, so that's like, you know, limited partner investing. And then personally, we got, uh, I have two uh, rentals in Nashville. One, we sublet out and the, the renter can, can Airbnb it. Um, right across the street from Belmont University, prime location. I, I, we had it as an Airbnb, but it, does, it can't really compete with some of the, the properties in the area. So we kind of use it as a hedge against the risk of Airbnbs and short-term rentals and get the 12 months locked in there. Perfect. Then I have another Love. one uh, in the area that's got the rooftop overlooking downtown. You know, it's gone. It's doubled in value in five years. Uh, same thing when COVID hit, we shifted to sh uh, putting some students in, got a really great rent to price ratio. And uh, we're, we're going to about to switch back to Airbnb. The lease actually ends today. Love it. And Love then it. we have three really unique properties out in Joshua Tree, California. Yep. Now you can scale and have 20 doors, but these three doors alone make as much as the 20 doors, these things awesome. are absolute machines, but we're running into a little bit of uh, some headwinds right now. Cause one of the properties was a tiny home uh, with like, you know, you look out the front door and you just see 30 acres of Joshua trees and desert abutting the national park. But obviously it was built on a trailer hitch on wheels. So the code enforcement came and shut us down. So we lost that. And that it was, we bought that in one deal with another property, like this dome house with a shipping container, guest house. It's it's so cool. Like it's like glamping on steroids. Both. Of them. I want. I, I want. I want. I wanted to touch on those. So were those just items you created and turned into homes, or they were they existing already? Yeah, they were existing. Just rented it. Okay. Yeah, they were existing. So the tiny home, the previous owners lived in it, and then they and then they uh, like managed the dome house property from that and when we bought it we were like that's a that's an income producer what are you thinking and that thing on its own it's a 300 square foot tiny home on a trailer hitch and it made ninety thousand in gross revenue True. and when you Jesus. combined it with the other one we made 232 gross revenue 232,000, and we were closed in uh, july august and september because they're fully solar powered these things are whack these aren't your normal homes so are they on, are they on the same property same property, okay. 100% occupied, three years straight, every single day, turning over, netting like 40% of that, maybe even a little higher on those ones. But the tiny home got shut down. So we lost about 40% of our gross revenue. 
So that really hurt us. And then they cut our occupancy down at the other one because this one shipping container we were renting out, it wasn't considered habitable. So regulations are a big part of it. And then we have another one over there that's a little more luxurious, that's closer to the park entrance, has like an infrared sauna, hot tub. We did one of those stock tank pools for the, yeah. like the that looks awesome. And that one's been booked and it crushes it. But uh, we are seeing like the market kind of pull back also. It had a big surge during COVID because people from LA were trying yep. to get out of town and be a little more isolated. So Joshua Tree just skyrocketed. But uh, yeah, and, and so we're kind of seeing that level off. And I, I think that it's become so saturated. They're, they're, they're putting a pause on permits right now. And we have a new build that we're building out there that's kind of been delayed a little bit because of a, a, a error by the builder. So we got set back about four months and now there's a pause on the permits for 45 days. So we're facing the adversity, you know, and we're going to yeah. persevere. We will persevere through it, but real estate has its challenges and problem solving. Yeah. So that's and where Eric, we're at with the portfolio. Eric, I'll add that. I'll add to that too. Um, a, a takeaway there is know where you're buying, you know, the areas you're buying, cause this is California. Let's call it what it is. Yep. California is its own country like it when you start doing real estate all, all over the all over the country for us man mm -hmm. california is its own beast so do yeah, you know your local regulations like mm -hmm. just like you said permitting it's really and they different. can change They're just like this whoever comes in for political reasons they change just like that. Our, our tiny home got shut down because there was a disgruntled local who was actually looking at airbnb listings and then referencing the parcel viewer from the county's website and seeing what the structures were now, we, we were in Joshua Tree before the regulation started. And then once they started getting more stringent, then we knew that the tiny homes days were numbered. Right. We just right. knew. But we, we figured we had an inspection for the other property. And they never, like, cease and desisted us until a local roasted us. Yeah. Yeah. I hate it, that person. It, it's, it's, it, it, but guess what? We're in a victim mentality world, right? Somebody mm -hmm. always wants to take someone who's up here. They want to pull them down. It's like crabs in a bucket, man. All those crabs want to bring everyone else down. It, it's unfortunate, but hey, guess what? We know that to be. The other thing, the other highlight I just want to highlight is, you know, you guys shifted during COVID, mm -hmm. right? A lot of people, if they look at what they have, it's kind of like it, it, a good correlation is, guess what? If we go to the NHL or AHL as a, uh, as a playmaker, right? You're a power play guy. A lot of times you got to switch your game to a hardworking, forechecking fourth liner and then work your way up. That's all, yep. that's that's pretty much a, a, a correlation of going from that to what you guys did in COVID. I think that's really important on how you shifted your model. In real estate, a lot of times we have to shift. You know, right now interest rates are ticking up. Hey, guess what? We all three of us might have to shift their model. Part of the game, right? <clears throat> so, Absolutely. Um, all right, let's keep going with that. So you have... You have Nashville, Joshua Tree. You yep. got the funds. Um, what else do you work? You have new build. So let's. Yeah, I got a new build is. going on right now. It's going to be a really, really cool spot. It's uh, on a five acre lot. We, we find that people really want that isolation in Joshua Tree. So we're on, we got five acres. We're building a really unique home. It's going to have a pool. I don't want to give too much information out there, you know, but, uh, you know, it, it's, it's stressful right now because it's, it's a little behind. We're seeing the market cool off. It is getting really hot out there. So we don't know if the seasonality is playing a part of it, but where the demand was just like whew, insane. We were just, we couldn't keep up with the demand. We were raising, right. Uh, raising our rents. Our revenue was setting record high, record highs. So now we're seeing a little leveling off and, you know, I'm, I'm constantly working the pro forma, 
figuring out the cost, building scenarios on, you know, if we make this rent, what's our return going to be? If we make this rent, what's our return going to be? Three scenarios I always do, realistic, optimistic, pessimistic, and I build all the prices out in that regard with the rents, the occupancy rate, interest rates going up, how that's going to affect us. So there's a lot. It's it's a shitstorm. Eric, are you are you pretty ha- are you pretty hands on with everything that's going on, or do you delegate a lot of your stuff? Oh yeah, uh, we're we're hands on, especially in that market. It's just the, the places are so unique that actually for a while there uh, are we had a management company that that they they were awful, and um, so they ended up going under. But I I had just fired them. And they ended up going under. And my wife and I took over for about a year and a half. And we were managing three 100% occupied properties 3,000 miles away. And I, I thought our life was over until yeah. we, we got connected with a maintenance person who said his wife was managing. And she's like more of a co-host. And she does the messaging, guest relations. And we just oversee what's going on. But we learned so much in that year. We, we do the pricing. And that's how we get through. We don't just stick a software on there. And, and let it go like like a Vacasa who they don't care about the guest service. It's harder to scale, but the returns are better because we're more hands on with the, the with the pricing, the marketing, all that stuff. Awesome. Let, 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 let me add to that, because I think there's two things you said were important. One of the things that we always try to do is outsource everything without understanding and learning. So I think the important part when I first started, I door knocked for a year straight from tenants. So when I retired from hockey, I was like, what the hell do I do? Right. I did a, a rehab. I made 30 grand. I'm like, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm king now. Right. Mm-hmm. And then I found out that I had no more properties to rehab. So I'm like, what the hell do I do now? So then I, I uh, hooked up with one of my buddies and I door knocked from 10 AM to 3 PM every single day and pre foreclosure properties. The reason why I'm saying this is because the takeaway there is my mindset was I need to learn from ground up. So what you guys did there, um, you found a failed, management company, but I want to, I'm going to anchor back to what you said prior to that. If, if you played, you would have bought in every single state. Mm-hmm. You may have run into a management challenge there too. Yeah. So, I, you know I, I mean? think, yeah, I, I don't think that th- those would necessarily be short-term rentals as opposed to long-term rentals. Gotcha. You know, like we, we found that there's a little niche in creating something a little more unique for the short-term rentals. And like I said before, like in Nashville, I got the one that's we're switching back to short-term but the other one's long-term, a little hedge. And I'll do, I'll, you know, I'll do the leasing for that. It's Love no it. big deal. I, I don't mind get, dealing with the inquiry, setting up the, to- the tours, you know, screening the tenants, all that stuff. I don't mind doing that at all for the long-term rentals. Because after going from what we went yeah. through as, at the, as an Airbnb host, that's like going from Harvard to kindergarten, yeah. you know? <laughs> so I don't mind doing that and saving the 8%. I got a handyman there that, you know, I call the, yeah. the tenants hit me up. I just call that handyman and say, Hey, you know, let's, let's do that. Now I'm saving a little bit of cash flow on that end. And it's really so much easier to deal with that. You're working harder aspect. now than when you, than when you were playing. Yeah. I, I'm just, <laughs> I'm just waiting. I'm waiting for the cash to start pouring in. That's the problem. <laughs> I said, you know, you know what a good takeaway there as well though. You, um, you learned a lot by having that failed management company. I think that is very important because if you didn't go through that pain, you know, you're in a way better spot today by going through that pain. So it's a lot of what we go through in, in you know, in, in the summertime or fighting for a contract, same mm-hmm. kind of stuff. It's, it's really very, very similar. Real yeah, estate just is very similar. Adversity. And like these, like I said, the properties that we're managing are not yeah. your normal property. They're fully solar powered. 
you know, if you, if you use too much electric, you know, the air conditioning too much in the summertime, you're going to have a power outage. You got to fire up the generator. You have to conserve energy. We have water delivered in uh, that, that are in storage holding tanks on the property, like just yeah. uh, like a solar water pump. It's, it's, but it's, a, it's pretty it's cool. So sick. It's so <laughs> sick, but uh, we're actually bringing in the electric right now. And that property produced so much cash flow that the neighboring lot came for sale. And we were able to purchase that and protect nice. our little open area with just profit cash flow. We paid down a ton of debt, uh, just, you know, principal payments yeah. in the time in the high times. Cause I knew that it couldn't be sustainable. I was like, yeah. we're, we're making so much money. Let's pay this debt down. Let's let's utilize the, the capital right now while it's coming in because it cannot sustain like this. And we kind of came out on the on the upper hand and, and we got hit with some regulation. So we're not going to see that type of cash flow till we nice. figure something else out. Hey, have you did you find any um any players that you played with were in real estate now, or do you find a lot of them like what were you saying? Yeah, that's how that's how I got into it. I was playing in Nashville and Victor Bartley was doing all this. Uh was he's he was one of my teammates there. He was doing the real estate. And he just came up to me. He's like, "Hey, you want to do? Uh, you want to split a, a, an Airbnb?" And I said, "Yes." And that's what I tell people: you gotta. You, it, the only way you're gonna learn is by jumping in the water. You can't dip your toe in. You got to jump in, and you're gonna learn. You know, like you, you're you're buying. Like I said before, you're buying a tangible asset. It's not gonna go down to zero. You might lose a little money. You might make money. So, yeah. but you're never gonna learn until you get involved and and take that risk, which is which is. It's not that high risk. You're buying a real estate asset. Yeah. It's not going to so, zero. It's not exactly. People, are always, people always need a place uh, to live and a, and a roof over their head. So exactly, uh, you can not, always sell I mean, it if you if you're eventually. overwhelmed. Exactly. So that that's how I kind of got into it. Cool, cool. But there, there's 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 a bunch of guys in real estate, Good. and uh, it's great Yo, to see. Ask, yeah. ask Bart's when he's coming on. I've been talking to that guy for like a month and he has he's been blowing me off. <laughs> I'll, I'll tell him that I, I'll tell him that I did it and he'll be right on. He loves it. 64 <laughs> investments. Let's go. Yeah, we got we were talking about him because it's like he's still playing he's still playing in KHL. So it's pretty elite level and he's still Bob, we were talking about this the other yeah. day. Um I think that's gonna be a pretty cool episode because he's literally still playing at an elite level so any he, and he's already got one foot i don't want to say one foot out the door he's just he's preparing is, is the yeah, best yeah. oh yeah he's ever. definitely preparing he, he's he's got a good knack for it and then another guy i've been talking to i just reached out to i was like buddy teach teach me your ways is uh cody bass i got him he coming was, on in two weeks yeah he's doing some some big Love things is he what is he he's not just a realtor right what, what he's, is, he what has his he own do? brokerage and he partnered with a developer and they're doing some build to rent communities and you know they're yeah. they're yeah it's where a lot of the hedge fund game is built to rent down down in yeah the that's what that's what he was talking about yeah. in comparison to the hedge funds what how the cap rates that they have versus what the hedge funds are buying at yeah. he's he's yeah. really carved out a nice little situation for himself through networking and meeting the right people and working is he hard, living so. is he living down there full time he's in yeah. nashville yeah nice is Tre you involved with trevor smith at all do you know no. Trevor Smith? No, no uh, the guy. former player. Bart, yeah, Bart's knows him. He's got a couple of deals going on with him right now. He's he's actually good. For, so him and Bart's are actually good friends of my roommate from college. So that's how this whole connection started. Yeah. So Eric, yeah. Eric, quick question on that. So do you reach out to any ex players um, on the on the raising money side? Uh, you know, when, when I was doing the fundraising for that first for the fund. Yeah. Um. 
you know, I kind of kept it to a, like a close network because you yep. don't want to be coming into your teammates and and I, without I agree. and now now that the fund has performed the way it has, I would feel much more confident in showing yep. that. Be like, hey, this is what you know we we did on the last raise. But I feel like it, I I would like a partnership with like closer friends, you know, it, yeah. doing a split down payment furnishings type deal with with Some a buddy. I would like to scale into something a little bigger, like uh, maybe a, a fourplex or get th three or four guys in, something like that. But, um, you know, I, I don't want to be like, I know that the guys are making so much money and be like, hey, let's do this together. Right. Just more yeah. the, the the tighter knit guys that you're doing. Yeah, I'm, I'm the same with. way. I'm the same way. I could have tapped into my brother's network back in the day when I retired. And it's like, I, I never did it. So I, mm -hmm. I always felt kind of, you know, I, I feel the same exact way. Yeah. Tom, I know you got a bunch of questions there. What do we got? What do we got? What do we got? All right. We touched on uh, background. We touched on, oh, your why. So we, we talk about this all the time, Bob, I, a couple other guys in the office. Why, why, why real estate for you? Why, what, gra what had you gravitate towards that? Um, I know my answer. I know Bob agrees with me, but I just want to hear your opinion on that. Well, that's a good question. I actually started learning about, it was all about the cash flow after playing, you know, and yeah. I, I saw my investments uh, in the market with my financial advisor look nice on a piece of paper, but it wasn't until, you know, I started getting into real estate where I realized that I can make these returns. I can make a better return just spearheading these, these deals myself that I wasn't really spearheading, but just doing some investing on my own. And my, my dad was always telling me about real estate we had family friends who were really successful in real estate, and uh, I just I just dove headfirst into it. I just I loved it. I loved reading about it. I understood it. I under I started getting a, a, an idea of the of how the numbers work, and and didn't realize how much I loved analyzing all that sometimes too much. But um, you know, I just I, I I thought that it was something, and I wanted to do it because I knew that I could have that passive income. But I'm realizing now that I, uh, as we were talking about the lending, that um, I am in the job hunt for something more stable right now, doing some job interviews. I feel like I need to start earnings a little bit of a, a in a more normal <coughs> sense, I guess, so I can keep investing in real estate. You know, I, I, I'm doing these refis, but then all the cash is getting, uh, you know, held in the holding tank to put into the new build. And I really don't want to take the the, the profits from that because I want to put every cent and re recycle them. So I'm kind of. Uh, Eric, you, that. you want what's funny? Yeah. So <laughs> the reason why I did not. So I was two classes short to get my degree. Two freaking classes. Like mm -hmm. an idiot. The reason why I didn't get them is because I didn't want to say that same thing. Yeah. Because you never wanted a fallback position. So what we created is a company that we just flipped 160 properties last year. I think we're going to be over 200 this year. And this is different. We're, we're wholesaling, wholetailing, just doing other stuff on that mm -hmm. side of it. So mm -hmm. um, if you're looking to work with somebody, dude, we're in. But you're going down to Florida, right? We're, you're going down to Florida. Well, Don't, I mean, get a, uh, dude, don't get a regular job, dude. You're going to be scouting. You're going to be coaching. Come on. No, uh, get him on the phone. It's not going to be in hockey. <laughs> it, even though my degree is in sport management, it's not going to be in hockey. That's for sure. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's, it's just, like I said, like uh, we're, we're making a ton in distributions. We're making a ton, a ton. Like we've, it, it's 
the long game, like you said, real estate is the long game. Let's yeah, call it what exactly. It is. Like I just, you know? we're we're trying to just have the right amount of equity in the homes and not over levering. Just being smart in that aspect. And then once this new build's done, you know, we'll 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 do a takeout on the back end, and yep. they'll ha we'll have another an essay. But it's just, it's too slow. Yeah. It's too slow on that for where I'm at. And I just, I, I really think uh, as much as I would like to just dedicate to that, I feel like I need to just be, I need something to do on the daily. Like, like I was going to ask you like what's your that. day to day like right now, you know, it's it, it, not enough. Yeah. With, you know? So this, I'm glad you just said that. Cause that's a takeaway yeah. that we all feel like every, I know X player always goes through what is the next, like, what is your why after you're done playing, man? Because, you know, think about this. We're in the locker room. We're breaking each other's stones. We're going out, having lunch, working out, going to get some beers, coming back home, rinse and repeat every day, mm -hmm. right? You have your strike edition coach telling you what to do. Your coach is telling you what to do. When you oh, get right. out, man, you're like, shit, what do I do? Yeah. What do I do now? Well, and the funny thing too is I was, the last year I, I did something that I never thought I was, I was teaching college. I was teaching at Michigan, uh, intro level sport management course. And that was a great opportunity. And I definitely put the feather in the hat. I, I taught a college class. If they had known what I was doing on that campus 20 years ago, <laughs> they might not have hired me. But uh, yeah, so I was doing That's that. And, and here's the other thing too. You think, okay, for me personally, you, you graduate from college, you play in the NHL, went back and got my master's, that people are going to be just throwing job offers at you for X amount of dollars. Well, newsflash, it, it doesn't happen unless you put yourself out there. Yep. And I feel like I really haven't put myself out there as much as I need to. I was expecting somebody to come and hand hand something over to me, but it, it doesn't work like that. So, so, Eric, you're saying that the world doesn't give a shit about us? Not one. You're just a little <laughs> Not, pigeon number. <laughs> you are. So I'm glad you just said that, too, because you got to find your way, right? you got to find your new yeah. community. Everyone's got to find their new locker room. We always call it a locker room. So in, mm -hmm. in our real estate office, we're creating a locker room. That's why exactly. we're hiring. We're looking at all the resumes that come in. We're looking at hockey players. We just we just interviewed a goalie of Duke lacrosse team. Like we're it's all athletes because we know how to take a beating. We understand and the sacrifice, the dedication, the teamwork, the yep. the selflessness. You don't really find those qualities. You know, I don't think people really understand how to be selfless. That aren't there are some, but the majority in the workforce. I feel like they're they have selfish intentions yep. and don't really understand the, the camaraderie that's built on a team, and that's why all these classes are talking about you know the New England Patriots as their right. case studies, and and they always use yeah. athletics or the military because those, you're right, those building, two, those are right. The two. Yep. So it's definitely I, I feel like athletes kind of that I think that's what gets yeah. me into the door for a lot of these interviews that I'm doing, but yeah. You know, so, and, no, and it, it's I'm, great. I yeah. love it. I love and it. I'm trying to get, uh, I'm looking at, I'm studying for the, uh, the real estate, um, exam in Florida. Once we get down there, going to try to go that route a little bit. So, yep. you know, I, I think that real estate, uh, I can have the job and have the real estate side hustle. And that would be good for yep. me. Yeah. Exactly. And everyone's and everyone's different. You're right. It's good yeah. for you. I'm glad you said that because everyone's different. What's good for Tom, what's good for me, what's good for mm -hmm. you is all different. And that's okay. Mm -hmm. Um, Tom, I got a couple more things. I know we're we're coming up to uh 40 minutes. We want to typically keep yep. it. But one of the things I, I read on your uh, LinkedIn page, which is extremely important, you said skilled and public speaking. How yes. important do you think 
public speaking because that equals communication. Who's you can't that, communicate. Did, did, I, did somebody give me a toot in the horn? Someone, no, somebody put you put this on your LinkedIn page. I don't know who put it in, but skilled in public speaking, management, leadership, real estate, finance, his and li- customer service. His, I'm the best. His LinkedIn, his LinkedIn guy. <laughs> I'm the best. <laughs> you you the might best have been drunk. You, you might have had a couple of beers at that time. Right? <laughs> yeah, no. So that it's it's so key. It is so key to to be able to present in front of people. So for my students, I made sure that for their year-end project, it was a podcast, and then they had to do a presentation on their podcast, and I told them immediately, if you stand up there and read off a piece of paper, you're done. If you have a slideshow where it's just bullet points and you're just reading the words off the slideshow, you're done. I want visuals. I want the eye contact. I want you guys speaking to the audience, not looking at me looking at everybody, creating that eye contact. Pardon me. So yeah, those things are the, the, because you're constantly pitching, you're pitching to people. You have to talk to people. You have to have the personality. You're selling, right? It's all, everything sales doesn't matter. You're selling yourself all the time. So, I mean, that's, that's, it's so key. So uh, (laughs) it is a key skill. Funny thing is, uh, Tom, I don't know if you know this. The first time I ever had to public speak was, um, this is when I, I helped start a, a real estate education company back in. This is, I think it was, this was 07. And uh, the main guy couldn't go. My real estate business partner couldn't go. And they're like, Bob, you got to do it. There's 350 people up on stage. I'm like, Dude, I am crapping my pants. So I go up there and I just, you know, I, I had to speak for six hours, but it was more, we created this uh, short sale course and I literally taught everything. And I had to sell after that. Dude, I didn't know how to sell, but you know, I had to figure it out. Just go well, up there and do it. Yeah, well, and especially the more prepared you are and the more knowledge you have, the more confident you're going to be. The less prepared you are, Correct. it's going to show. So the preparation is, is so key. I like that. Yep, that's perfect. Uh, Tom, I got one last question. What do you got um, on your – for uh, uh, one of the last questions for you? Uh, oh, I wanted to touch base on what – so you guys are moving – You, I know you you have your house for sale right now. I think you told me in Michigan. We, right? we, you guys we are, sold it. It flew off sold. the market. It's closed? Uh, closing early July. So let's knock on wood on that. But, uh, we got, we have a deal in place. We have a backup offer. So we're happy about that. All right. Perfect. And you mentioned, you mentioned Florida. Is that where you guys yes. are moving to? You're relocating? Yep. My parents okay. live down there. All right. Perfect. So what, what I was going to touch on was, and this is a question that we ask everybody on there on the show is what is your opinion on investors holding their real estate license? I mean, I think it's a, a great feather in the cap, you know, like if you're, is that what, is that what you're doing? You're going to take the test down there. At, uh, that's what, yeah, I'm, I'm going through okay. the pre-licensing right now. Well, okay. think about it. You, you're, if you're looking at homes all the time, you see one, oh, I, I might pick that one off myself. Then you're negotiating for yourself. You're saving on the commission. And at the same time, you can always reach out to your network and show them homes and have an opportunity to make commission in that way. While at the same time, you're constantly analyzing the market and realizing, wow, this is a steal, you know, like that's, yeah. and then, then you can even after a couple of years, start your own brokerage yep. and have people no, working uh, under you. So I, I feel like it, you, it's, it, it's, I think it's a win-win situation. It's always good so I, to have. I know Bob has it. He doesn't utilize it. None of us really do. But at the same time, I from and I just want to touch on that is, you know, I just did a deal in end of May. I represented myself. I mm-hmm. got it for I got it for under ask. Waived my commission, financed the 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 difference, and now we're talking about going back to the organization of athletes on how 
we are so structured now that you've taken classes you're you're gonna get you're gonna learn the laws in florida wherever you're gonna get licensed and i just think it's it, it can't hurt because like you just said you're always analyzing deals you're always on mls you're looking at different ways how you could structure a deal i think it's a no-brainer that's just and my you're learning and everybody is different yeah you're yeah. learning you're the learn. laws yeah you're learning on a deeper level what goes on besides just transacting title appraisals Mm-hmm. inspections the, the all that is a huge aspect of real estate i mean it's it is what real estate is so gaining that knowledge is uh, i'm excited to dive into that stuff a little more so just some takeaways that i uh i just wrote down just from from this so thank you eric obviously for taking the time out of your busy schedule for this um this is really important again you know the purpose of why we do this is to give back for you know individuals that are in the locker room now trying to think what are they going to do after it's really important to gain Mm -hmm. um you know gain confidence to know that shit dude there's there's life after the sports because Start start now now. so i will get to that question because the question is gonna be where where would you start but there's some takeaways you said connections education, finding a mentor, uh, communication, um, and taking, taking action. Um, all of those things were part of what you talked about. And I wrote mm-hmm. down kind of some of the terms, which is that is sports. Let's call it what it is. That is exactly what sports are. But the last question is where would you, where would you give advice to somebody in the locker room? Say where, if I ask you, I'm going to say, Eric, where do I start? Uh, take an internship. Okay. The, think of all the people that want to surround themselves with the pro athletes, mm-hmm. that the, 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 the sweet holders, the people that are the sponsors, these people are in real estate. Seek them out. Ask them to just go to the office. Follow them on a meeting. It's, that's the where you learn. And then that, that's how you learn the most. More than any college education, being in the meetings, talking to the professionals, that's where you learn the most. And then the internet is the greatest resource. Like you can learn so much about real estate on the internet, read. If I can figure out the numbers, anybody can figure out the numbers. And you know, just, you gotta gotta want it. You gotta wanna learn. You have to want to get involved in it. So that those Love are my, my key takeaways. Love it. So your takeaway is obviously the internet, get educated. But right now I want to, I want to highlight what you said right now. You're hot when you're out of the locker room, you ain't hot anymore. Exactly. So use that as an asset, Utilize it. right? Utilize it. So I'm glad you just said Intern. that hundred percent talk to these people network yeah. because I mean, think about this. Hey, when I played in Worcester in the AHL, like, like people thought you were in the NHL. They don't know this yeah. is local to Worcester. Like it's called, it, it is what it is. No matter where you are in that area, East coast, it doesn't matter. Uh, it, whatever other, even in, in Danbury, right, Tom? I mean, if you're local to that area, you could utilize that and you are the local star. Let's call it what it is. Absolutely. So, when it's done, right. it's done. <laughs> when it's don't done, let the door hit you on the ass. Bye. <laughs> that's exactly right. No, Good luck. Cares. Good luck. To- Nobody gives a shit, so that's part of the game. But anyway, all right, with that saying, let's wrap it up. Uh, Eric, we really appreciate you taking the time out of your day. Um, good luck on the move down there. Let's definitely thank keep you. in touch. I know there's something that we all could do together for sure. Absolutely. So uh, thank you thanks, very much. Thanks, uh, you thanks, thanks for having me. Thanks, have everybody. Pucks to Properties, uh, definitely tune in uh, every time we have a new episode. Thanks, everybody. Thank you.